If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the in and After Show. It's me, Lindsay Loveridge, and James Bucket is here, my oh. professional opinion haver at kick Beckett um, on Twitter. Uh, Jackie's not with us because she's on an airplane, but I think once she gets off that airplane, we're going to keep her in one spot for mm-hmm. a long enough period of time that she will be regularly here again. Um, yes. So this, so today it'll be me and James talking about this big flashback backstory episode in Trigun Stampede. We also get quite a lot of that in Buddy Daddies this week. So we're going to talk about that. And we've got some lighthearted news. Uh, one is about a racehorse, and the other one is about Michael B. Jordan, who's been in the news quite a lot lately for his latest film because he's a giant nerd, and we respect yeah. that here. Yeah, we so, do. Yeah, so we're going to talk about all that. Um, before we get to it, a reminder to please subscribe to the channel wherever you are watching it. We are on YouTube, and we are on Facebook, and we are on um, I was going to say Instagram. We are on Instagram, but the show is not on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and also Jackie's Discord because um, she gave me access to it. So I am abusing that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are streaming on Jackie's Discord. I'm sure she would be fine with it. It's fine. Hi, Jackie's Discord. Hi, Jackie's Discord. <laughs> um, she's here in spirit from the tarmac at... Honolulu Airport. I think that's where she's flying. We'll work in at least one Gungrave reference. We will. We promise. For her, yes. Um, Who are the guys in that show again? Should we just pretend we don't know anything about it? Hat hat guy? I think there's a hat guy. I think she said there's a dude named Brandon. Brandon. All right, let's go for it. Brandon in that show? Yeah. There there is now. To Brandon Gungrave, the main character of Gungrave. That's for you, Jackie. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get right down to it. Let's talk about this Michael B. Jordan interview. He did an interview uh, over at Polygon about all of the anime references in his new movie, Creed 3. Now, there's been, he's there's kind of been a promotional slant about that. Like IGN also had a video interview with him and some other folks where he talked about the fight scenes in that film directly being inspired by Naruto Shippuden and um dragon ball i think yeah james tell us a little more about this interview yeah so it's great um it's and what i like about it is you know because the the quotes making the rounds recently have been 
kind of the same talking points where he just sort of you know casually mentions like hey this is like what the the eighth rocky movie uh, mm-hmm. eighth rocky slash creed movie um there's only so many ways that people have filmed boxing scenes and i wanted to um try to bring something new to the table because this is his directorial debut michael b jordan mm-hmm. and um he is very famously a huge weeb yeah um uh, and in this interview he specifically says that he watches anime every day um and i totally believe it based off of some of his like in-depth cuts here and uh finally because i've been looking for this to be honest because the, the quotes that have been going around have mostly been him saying like there's some shots for like you know, uh, they, they're like directly from like specific shows or specific influences. And finally, someone sat him down, someone with some knowledge. Um, I want to say it is uh, uh, Toussaint Egan mm-hmm. from Polygon. And they finally specifically said, all right, like break it down. We, we want to know because we're operating on the same level. Like let's dig into these anime references. And um, you can tell like just through the text that Michael B. Jordan is stoked to be able to like let loose on his nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm, cause I'm sure with 90% of the press, he's like, yeah, anime references. Like I can't like, I can't spend 20 minutes going on about it, but you know, but um, here we have like a situation where he can just straight up go into detail. So like the very first question uh, Polygon asks, like, um, cause there's a specific shot that's been going around of Cree getting punched in the gut. And it does that very classic, like, um, right. That like delay. And then, you know, the the exaggerated, like, you know, spit. Curling in. Yeah. 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 Um, And they say, so that's like a DBZ reference. Right. And immediately he's like, no, 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 that's Naruto and Sasuke uh, (laughs) from episode 450 of of Shippuden. Yeah. Um, And then he goes on to say that, uh, you know, like it's, it's been in a lot of anime, right. It's been in Dragon Ball Z, Goku, Vegeta, but, um, and, uh, and I think someone just mentioned it in the chat that, um, the whole dynamic between Creed and uh, Jonathan Major's character, Damien, in this movie is very, like, specifically influenced by the brotherly rivalry between, like, characters such as Naruto and Sasuke. Yeah. Um, and, I think Jonathan uh, Majors mentions it in this video you sent me, James. Um, yeah. You me, don't, uh, I don't think Major specifies the anime. I don't know if he could name Naruto. Like, it doesn't seem like... But, uh, like every, there's an anime cartoon. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, he sat me down and showed me like three whole episodes of this cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Of uh, the friendships in those stories, you know, and the rivalry. And this is Jonathan Majors uh, talking uh, for everyone who's just he listening. Me one of his favorite uh, anime cartoons, and it was these two best friends. And they get to a point where, and we kind of, we, we really, uh, we really parallel this in, in some ways in our picture. They get to a point in the fight, in their battles, where everything else seems to fall away. And there's this idea that there's the fight that's going on externally, and there's a fight that's going on internally, and there's perhaps another fight happening on top of it that is more uh, meta, more spiritual, more mystical that's happening. And I just really like um, that part specifically uh, because Jonathan Majors is so classy and he's just talking he's so classy and he's just talking about it like from this very like refined artistic point of view also his voice is very soothing and and nice to listen to and you have to stop and remember that he's talking about naruto Naruto sasuke yes yeah (laughs) although if you want to this is not related to anime but there's a clip going around where i think it was hector navarro did an interview with uh majors and um uh, majors has mentioned in the past that he's a big fan of the movie homeward bound the incredible journey 
The um, original or the remake? This is important. The I believe the remake based, based on, the on his age. Oh, okay. Uh, based on his age, and I, I guess I've not, I don't know if I've seen the original, but um, specifically in the remake, the end where the golden retriever comes over the uh, hill. comes over the hill and he's limping, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Hector Navarro mentions to him like this fan theory because every movie has to have a freaking fan theory these really? days that um, that the golden retriever died and that him making it home in that final scene was actually him going to heaven and being reunited with his family in heaven, which is like, why would you ever do that to that movie? No, he's, he lives. That's like, yeah, this, no, he, this is for the children guys. Yeah, I watched. Okay. I had that, that movie recorded on tape off the Disney channel as a kid. Yeah, and I like, be. I watched the heck sassy is a great cat. Just a, yes. a great cat. Um, but um, <laughs> you can, you can see Jonathan major's face like fall. When he like realizes what's being described, and yeah. it, I'm pretty sure he genuinely starts to tear up. Like he, he like he starts to cry. It like <laughs> unlocks about... the memory a childhood. Yeah, yeah. Deep He's like, yeah, well, is, yeah. That's so beautiful. Like the idea that he could have that, and it's so. Um, he seems like a great guy. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. He does. Um, it's so funny though, because I mean, for those of us I think who grew up watching that movie, you're like, so you know, the end. I'm like, when. Uh, the golden retriever comes up over the hill because everyone like yeah. I, th- I think that's like a childhood core memory. If you're a child watching that, you're like, if that dog doesn't come over that hill in the next five seconds, I am throwing a rock through this TV, and we are <laughs> salting the earth. And, and yeah, I feel yeah. like that was part of a genre of children's films that was popular at the time, where it was just voiceover of live action footage because we had that one, and then um, there was Napoleon. Also... Na- Napoleon. Yeah, uh, it was like a little golden retriever puppy. He's like in a balloon, like a a, a hot air balloon. I was um, getting to bring no, up Milo and Otis. That which, too. Which yeah. was also like that. And um, Look Who's Talking. Look Who's Talking was the other one I was going to bring up, which I think going back now, that one's not as child oriented. There might be like some nope. humor in there, but I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So everything that was not appropriate... <laughs> Went over, just like the, if I remember, head. if I because I, I I watched all those movies quite a bit when I was a yeah. kid, and if I remember right, the first one and probably the sequel definitely have a lot of the the more adult humor because like you have John Travolta, you got Bruce Willis, yeah. Um, but the wait, no, Bruce Willis might be there's the third one where where it's the dogs. Yes, right? yep, yep, yep. And that one I remember liking the most, so I'm assuming that was the one that was more like. Yeah, I think the dog for... poops in the back seat. That's one of yeah, the jokes I remember probably. from that movie specifically. Like, I left you a present, and it's yeah. yeah, probably pees on someone's shoes, and then there's like that slow like pan up where like the guy realizes that his shoes just got peed on, and then it goes back to the dog, and the dog like raises his eyebrow or something. Yeah, I saw Milo and Otis a ton of time because um, if ever it was raining too hard that they couldn't let us out for recess as a kid, like we would go to the gymnasium or. Um, yeah, we'll just say the gymnasium. They'd have you know the TV on the cart, and it was Milo and Otis, oh, and that's that was, how I that also go to. Mm-hmm. And that was also that's also how I saw the original Homeward Bound, and I remember just not liking it nearly as much. It might be because uh, the dog that is Chance in the original is played by a bull terrier, I think, and I'd never seen one of those before as a kid, and they're weird looking. They have, I mean, yeah, they got like the really kind of. Squinty, like flat, smooth, sloped muzzle yeah. all the way down. I mean, they were bred specifically so they'd be able to for that for hunting purposes. But as a kid, I was like, "It's a weird looking dog. What, yeah. What's up with that dog?" Um. Anyway, anime, 
anime. Yeah. If you dub over cats, isn't that is it? I mean, that's still anime, right? That's some kind so, of animation. It's some, sure, kind, sure. some kind of anime. Sure. Okay. Uh, the next story I had. Uh, this one's just for funsies. Um, you guys probably know that like horse racing and betting on horse races is kind of a popular gambling activity in Japan. I'm using the word popular really loosely here. I don't really know how many people engage in it. I just know that the uh, JRA. I mean, there's a whole anime. (laughs) Yeah, there's that whole anime just about horse racing. Um, And the JRA. Yeah. And the JRA has uh, sponsored like shorts, including one from uh, Mr. Osamatsu. And a couple other ones, those were centered on horse racing. Well, there's a horse in Japan. It's won its last two races. In case you didn't know, its name is Hellshake. There's a horse named Hellshake in Japan. Um, It was actually named first. And then where it was brought up for racing, they put out a rider jockey wanted ad specifically for someone whose name was Yano. So the person who rides the horse, his last name is Yano, which is apparently a pretty popular last name in Japan. So it's Yano and Hellshake Yano. That's it's a real horse. Um, and it won its last race at Kawasaki Racecourse on Monday. And it also won its previous race on February 3rd. Damn straight. There's no real point to the story. I just want everyone to know that there is a horse named Hellshake that is winning its races in Japan with it's jockey Yano. So, I mean, look, we can debate best anime of 2020, whatever year that was, 2022, yeah. uh, um, uh, all day and night. But uh, how many of those anime actually had uh, enough influence to create a real world jockey horse combo that won real world money, um, <laughs> potentially for the real world Yakuza? I don't know. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, I've never heard that the Yakuza are involved in horse racing. No, no well, I, I only say that because I want to say, uh, I can't remember where I read this, but I, I read that there's like some, like, um, someone was, they were maybe joking, but there was like this, it was either a meme or just an ongoing joke with that uh, Uma Musume show uh-huh. where um, uh, the, the Yakuza were like somehow involved in like the production or something. I can't even quite remember. But um, I mean, come on, we, we know for a fact the Yakuza are involved in, in Japanese horse racing. Let's be real. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's horse Chinko, racing. Horse <laughs> racing. Yeah. I mean, I can neither confirm nor deny, but would not at all be surprised um, if someone wants to deep dive it. And where's, um, oh gosh, I just, his name just left me. Who's the Tokyo Vice guy? Jake Adelstein. Can we ask him like what's yeah. going on? <laughs> yes. He would know, I feel like. Yeah. He would. So there you go. Picture on screen of Hillshake and his jockey Yano rushing towards the win if the big screen behind them is any indication i think they had a pretty fair lead there too. yeah no no kidding there's a nice uh nice gap don't know how that ended up but good for good for hellshake good for that (laughs) all right um that's about it for the news this week so those are our two fun stories now we're gonna get into the sad weird backstory of bash the stampede starting with his perfect did you know this would be the first picture is that why you laughed um our perfect boy's birthday look at him look at him i didn't notice the red geraniums are actually in the background those get brought up later in the episode as as why he likes the color red and that red like the color red and that she grew red geraniums but i didn't notice at the time that they're actually 
seen here. So this is a this confirms fashion knives are in fact twin twins, not just like clones, but like <laughs> twins. And knives does not need to eat. He's just a, a somber little dude, right? Like not like impervious to a good time, but actively fighting against his. I mean, he's still wearing the hat. And when you when you take into account that these boys are they're the size at this point of like what ten year olds right uh, yeah I'd put them between like ten and twelve those are very like large birthday hats like, <laughs> you're, those are very big <laughs> they, they're they found in space the, like, they have all sorts of access to things we don't have here on Earth like giant birthday hats those are some clown sized birthday hats I'm telling yeah. you like, <laughs> yeah yeah is great we can't see the tops of them I wonder it'd be better if they had little fuzzy balls on the top yes. too but. You know, they've got what I assume is carbonated orange soda, some poorly over-oiled French fries. Yeah, um, no, looking a little soggy there. Yeah. Um, I don't know, a space brownie. <laughs> that just uh, looks like, like co- concentrated food brick. <laughs> concentrated food brick. Are those um, breakfast sausages over there? Yeah, what is what is this? Little, Ram, little slabs of jerky meat or something? You know, and yet they, they have a perfectly decorated birthday cake. They like, do. They have the what? saddest little sandwich. I don't think it's I a burger. Like, does it have meat? I don't think it's <laughs> tomato and cheese. What if they don't eat meat? What if because they're plant people, they don't eat protein? And this is all like vegan or something. But that, I mean, that looks like an egg sandwich over there to the left. This? Yeah. No, I don't no, no, know. no, more to the more to the left. The oh, triangle. like an egg salad sandwich? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe eggs are fine. I don't know. I guess this one looks like it's got some salami on it. Oh, uh, maybe that's salami. That's still that, salami that's an or, sandwich. Or tomatoes. <laughs> I don't know. That is a sandwich made by someone that has never seen <laughs> or heard of a sandwich before, but they yeah. they had to throw something together for these um these two artificially well, not artificially grown, but these two plant boys. Yeah, these two plant boys. Everyone in the comments is coming to Rem's defense saying that uh, ship rations are hard to work with and Rem did what she could and looks like a birthday at a hotel breakfast area. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is some continental breakfast like scoops. That she just yeah. Liked. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, Vash looks, he looks happy about it. Um, but yeah, I liked this interaction between Rem and the boys too. Like she's treating them like, um, like her own children, and I don't think they say how. There's only one candle on there. They might only one, be, no. They they say it's their first birthday. So they were like, they came to life, starting this size. There was no infant. Or are they like? I mean, we well if. Um... Wolfwood, you know, can go from like 10 to like 28 in the span of a, a few months. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be, you know, maybe they popped out as like little babies and then within like a couple of weeks or something, they were like walking around all, all preteen size. Yeah. They also point out that, um, it's so cute. Um, they also point out kind of what their, what their deal is and that they are plants but they're independents as mm-hmm. opposed to the other types of plants. And that means that every, like rarely a plant gives birth. Yes. And the plant people we've seen, like who Vash appears to be able to like soothe psychically 
and it, you know he can hear them and and communicate with them. Um, you know they look bigger than the average human, even though they're humanoid. Yes. So I don't know. Like they could have just sort of like came out of a spore, giant spore thing, and sort of been this size. But well, and it makes you wonder, like, do they do they look human? Do do all independents resemble humans, like with like hair and more human? You know, uh, like did they reproduce asexually? Like, do they just you know pop one out just kind of because? Did like a did a human like sneak into one of those tubes? (laughs) No. James, I, I know. Don't, I don't, like I'm genuinely wondering yeah, why. Yeah, why I don't they're... think so. I, I'm I'm thinking it's a it's a kind of like that situation with that shark that reproduced asexually in an aquarium in like Italy. Oh, okay. you read about that? That's yes, just yes, yes, yes. where they're like, well, I'm supposed to reproduce, you know, but nothing here to do that with guess i'll just reproduce asexually all of a sudden by cloning my um pop pop out a couple of colkin brothers and (laughs) they do (laughs) it's macaulay and um um, and rory rory i was gonna say ronan yeah rory right there um yeah so they yeah but that that's still kind of unclear uh, what we do get a sense of is that, at least what I think is happening, is that humanity ha- has been cultivating a sentient plant race and using them to harvest certain things. Because when we meet Brad, um, I just skip into Brad here. There when we is, meet yeah. Brad uh, after the big crash and, and Vash flees, um, he asks Vash, like, what do you make? You know? And I forget like all the things that he lists off, but it's like, like all sorts of chemical compounds. uh, Yeah. Things like that. Oxygen. I assume power is one of them. Electricity, which is why they're used in the uh, plants around, around town. And they seem to be reliant on them. For resources at this point so uh i forgot what I, where i was going with this so yeah um vash doesn't of, make anything vash doesn't make anything and we Except don't know for, for a fact that what knives makes or if he makes nothing you know um he i think he said something I can't remember. I, I, I wish I got a screenshot. It was hard because it was like a long conversation. Yeah. Uh, he, I think, I know he mentioned that he eats, but I think he, I think he, maybe knives make knives. Maybe that's what he makes. I mean, um, yeah, blades or something. I mean, Vash requires food. I actually am not clear if Vash actually requires food or if he just eats it because he enjoys it because he kind of goes on a hunger strike while they have him in captivity here. And he just starts like marking down his time in there, like a prison cell, because that's essentially what it is. And he's refusing yeah. to eat, and he doesn't seem to get emaciated in any kind of way. So, um, but Knives then points out at the very beginning of the episode that he doesn't need food, um, like Vash does. So I'm not sure. Maybe Vash can live on less food than the average human. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure if he he requires food um and they haven't they haven't specified where the plants come from right like we don't know if they're aliens or 
genetic yeah. like experiments or or what, right? I assume they came from space because we do know there used to be a spacefaring age prior to what's going on uh like in the current time that that got brought up. Um, people in the comments are also mentioning, you know, that mention in episode three about Vash can't access his gateway, which might mean he can actually produce something, but he doesn't know how or is limiting his his abilities in that way. And the okay. gateway thing sound like I interpret that, that as an alternate dimension just based on yeah. like sci-fi terminology. Yeah. So that's, that's what I thought. So following that line of thought, I would think the plants are, uh, extra dimensional okay um yeah so anyway we still haven't gotten we don't get in this episode and maybe we will in the next one we don't really know why knives decided to blow everything up other than the fact that maybe he's just sociopathic or something but like or that he's like mad about the plants being locked up and used for for power and stuff yeah which you know understandable to a degree, methodology yep. maybe not great, but reasoning could make an argument for. Because uh, it does seem like at this point in time, that's been his motivation. Other than torturing Vash for funsies, he's been collecting, yeah, collecting all of the uh, all the plants from the humans that are using them as a resource. So, yeah, um, people in the chat are saying. Uh, they're not treated like sentient beings. Yeah, they're not treated like sentient beings, but I feel like they are. I mean, obviously, Vash can communicate with them. I'm not sure exactly, like... I mean, they have eyes and a face. I don't know why yeah. they would have those things if they didn't have some degree of sentience, right? Like, it's not And like they have vitals, too, because they, mon yeah. they were monitoring. And it seems like the ones that are closer to humanoid may be more powerful. Because we've seen ones that just look like onions. You know, they don't... Unless maybe but they're all... What if they're think, just all curled up and they could open? Oh, I think that's the implication is that like they're they're all, you know, they can. Uh, and I I couldn't quite tell if um I forget her name, Luida. Yeah. Luida? I couldn't tell if like she was surprised when the plant opened to see that there was like a humanoid thing when she was like, oh, it's blooming, or if that was just like bad. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure. Right? Yeah, because like, she says that, yeah, it seems like maybe they hadn't seen that before and it's possible that that just looks like they, a like a big old person yeah like maybe they the opening might be i don't think it's a reaction to vash because he'd been on the ship for a while at this point right so that's probably yeah. not what it is he was on the ship for several months before, um but yeah i i think it's possible maybe all of them could open and they're just different sizes and have different you know uh abilities as far as their their resources yeah. go but um i wish the original was fresher in my mind i don't remember ever seeing actual aliens like this in the original but i might have just mind i saw some it. people saying that this was a big deviation okay i don't know i've never read the manga or seen the original anime but i've seen people comment that this is like this is a significant departure compared to the more like stylistic or like timeline departures that we've gotten from the previous episodes. Yeah. All I remember from the original, I mean, the, the Vash and knives being plants was in the original anime. I definitely remember that. And, you know, um, knives being behind the, the big crash and, um, you know, Rem dying in the crash. And I, I rem 
remember knives having a conversation and this might come up in the next episode because the conversation definitely took place before the crash and it was between knives and Vash's kids. And it always stuck in my head when I saw it because it, knives starts talking about a spider. Like there's a spider with a spider web um, in between some leaves or something in like that big open area where we saw them uh, interacting and they have a conversation about um, like the nature of the spider and that it's in the spider's nature to, to kill and, and, you know, just sort of this like, dark interpretation is assuming that i haven't made this all up but that's what i i recall that like that, that classic darwinism moment. angle like we're we're the superior beings like we're more yeah. powerful and you know we shouldn't we shouldn't be the the, the fly trapped in the web we should be the spider right like, yeah I yeah i think it was it was something of that nature so um i assume that's still somewhat the basis of his actions now with the plants is that we shouldn't be subjugated we should be ruling kind of deal Although, I mean, if even if it was just we need to take all the plants and send them back to where they're supposed to be and free them from the humans and the humans should find a new planet. Um, I, I don't know if I disagree with that, to be honest. I don't I feel bad for this lady, this plant lady in the in the pink goo. Yeah, like, it's not cool. Is there something like else she she'd rather be doing right now, you know, mm-hmm. other than powering a um, spaceships? Spaceship? Yeah. No. Um, oh, oh, okay. So uh, Theo says, I've got it backwards. And in the original anime, Knives calls humans the spider and plants are called the butterfly. And to save the butterflies, the spider must be killed. Also, a, m- a more reasonable argument. And again, I mean, this is kind of, you know, I guess not genocidal because they're not killing the plants, but it's enslavement. And that's not yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Mr. A says in the manga, Knives says that he uh, calls humans garbage, less than vermin, and rotting, wasting meat. It's um, hard to argue with, to be honest. And <laughs> LFR <it's>, says... Uh, <laughs> you, plant- look, you look at Twitter and it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, LFR says plant freedom is a noble cause. Knives just wants to murder all the humans to do it. Which, so harsh. Harsh, but it's maybe harsh. fair. I mean, we kind of suck. As a as a race, we were given the opportunity to. Um... We let Scott Adams publish that shitty Dilbert comic for like fifty years. Oh, well, we gotta talk about Dilbert. That guy is <laughs> so. Mm, let's just his career's done. So in the is end, it though, or is he just gonna like go to Truth what's, Social? Yeah, what's the racist Twitter? Yeah, and he's just gonna go That's there, and then it's all gonna be they're gonna become like freaking. Chick tracks, but with worse oh, art. It's gonna be Dilbert just ranting racist propaganda and like sexist screeds. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you know what, knives? <laughs> go go ahead. Go ahead. We had just, we had a good run, you know? Yeah. Just thousands, spare spare the anime studios, spare the cats, you know. Um <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um so with Vash though here, he got a little like teen teenaged up, but it seems like all they have him do. I want to kind of have a better idea of what he's doing. Is he just like psychically soothing these plants trapped in these industrial vats? Like, yeah, he's like empathizing with them. Like he can, you know, he can feel their pain and he can feel their their sickness now. I guess to the point we were just discussing, 
it, it doesn't seem like they're crying out in pain and suffering usually. But yeah. I, I don't know if that means that that's because they're normally like like comatose or something, or mm -hmm. if if they're if they're actually not actively being harmed during the when the pods are like blue. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know that like Vash has this whole pacifism things uh, going, but uh, I don't know if it's good enough to just like temporarily soothe the plant people inside the vats so they can go back to being power sources and not get mad like i mean maybe that's like maybe it's like a part of his power you know it's like some kind of telepathy or some kind of maybe maybe what he makes is like good vibes <laughs> you know like, literally, like, like yeah maybe he like produces like you know like positive positive vibes feel good yeah. <laughs> the feel good yeah. i don't know what you call them um and then you know he's like a like a like a thc you know, uh, aerator, but we're like psychically. Are you saying Vash is just like he's just cannabis? He's just yeah. like humanoid cannabis. Yeah. Hash I mean, why not? <laughs> I'm retitling this episode Hash the Stampede. And I got to get oh, a new can, can uh, thumbnail screenshot. Would that yeah. get us in trouble? Okay. No. And then I'm going to get a new thumbnail screenshot <laughs> and we're going to put gold chains and yeah. like the bling, the bling Z stuff from that. Yeah. Give him bloodshot yeah. ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's most of what happens there. I, like I said, I, I assume that we're going to get uh, more context in the next episode. This definitely felt like a two-parter. So. Were you also... I got, so there's one part of the episode that really confused me. Yeah. Um, not because I didn't understand what was happening, but I didn't really understand how we got there. Okay. And that's, so, uh, what's his name? Not Brandon. That's Gungrave. Uh, Brad. <laughs> Brad. Yeah. Uh, when Brad um, unlocks the black box after like five years of tinkering with it and yeah. learns that um, Vash either wittingly or unwittingly helped Knives um, murder everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of says some mean things and makes Vash run away with his shiny new coat and all that. Yeah. Um, there's uh, so it it cuts to him like he's he's out with his ostrich and he's like running away. Chocobo. His, yeah, his chocobo. Um, <laughs> and Luita like goes after him, and there's just sort of like a there's a cut where like he's just sort of looking out at the desert, and then all of a sudden, without yeah. any transition, yeah. he wakes up in bed and his arm is glass or whatever it is and right. he's like oh i'm back home like did they save me and i i understand that like obviously there's like been a big time skip and um i'm pretty sure everyone from ship three is horribly dead by mm -hmm. knives but i i wasn't entirely like it felt like a scene was missing like it felt like there should have been a scene where like vash got like attacked by a sandworm or something i think i see where you got mixed up so that scene was weird because it was a flash forward within the flashback that is not a full flash forward to the current time. So what happened is, is Vash leaves, right? And he leaves his coat behind and he goes off into the desert and what he, and then they do a flash forward. Oh, that's modern Vash. That's no, like not quite, but he, there's a flash forward and he's like, Oh, they must've saved me. And now I have this new arm and then they flash, but that flash forward is not to current time. It's like some in between. And then it flashes back again to when he was back in the desert and he comes upon um, knives in them. So what happened is that he returned to the wreckage 
it's not ship three. It's the wreckage from, you know, the ship he was on with Rem. He goes there when he runs away and he sees knives in them. And that's the end of the episode. But that part in between is going to come after that. So there's going to be something with knives in them. Bash is going to get knocked out or, you know, he's going to lose his arm or something. And then he's going to wake up back in ship three, um, presumably with them having replaced his, like done surgery to replace his arm. It was weirdly Chad, placed. It threw me off a Chad lot. Is, Chad, Chad's saying that it is modern Vash. That that's like a cut back to just after the Wolfwood. Is it? Plant, which also doesn't make sense. The framing me. made it seem like the arm was new. That's what I thought. Or, I or, thought it was or, right after he got or the Or he arm. like looked at it and like realized, oh no, because now that I think about it, he's like looking at it and his face falls. And so maybe it's him oh. going, oh no my arm but how the hell did like what how the hell did he get there the last okay. we saw of him he was just like but looking. when he, okay P- yeah people are saying that is a weird flash forward um to after the wolfwood fight um but where he wakes up at looks a lot like ship three right yeah and he goes into the okay. same bridge with all the things i okay it's very strange yeah it is very strange there was no reason at the end of last episode for us to think that it's not like it he got like knocked he out his... at the end of the last. Hmm. Yeah. They said it's post fainting. He has his black turtleneck, his arms damaged from the rail gun. Why did they flash that there and then flash back again to him going inside the wreckage and seeing knives for the first time? Cause I thought that because the, the fir- my reading up until just now was that that was the first time he'd seen knives since the crash. Like that was yes, a big yeah. reunion. But, yeah. I, yeah. but this is just the reunion after he'd murdered everyone at, um, was it June, May, whatever the, the little town was. Um. So then when he wakes up, that's during the whole, like they just stopped the ship from wrecking into the orphanage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now I'm like wanting to go back and look at screenshots from episode seven. Where did Vash end up? During that, was Nowhere. he thrown off the ship? No, the episode ended with him calming down the plant, and then the very last shot was Meryl going, "Oh my God, he's a plant," and that's it. Okay, like right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's communicating with the plant, and he had that big moment and that in front of all of them. And okay, yeah, we've also got AJ here, who uh, from the Cartoon Cipher, he reviews this series for us, and he says, "I think the implication." Is that he's remembering all of this in ship three. We have new, uh, no idea why he's there based on last week, though. So, yeah, that's just. Oh, um, was there was there like a sound, like a thud sound when it cut to black? I guess so, because uh, Trelanus oh. is saying uh, his body hit the floor. So it's presumed that he passed out. Oh. Um, not so. clear. That was not yeah. Clear. So, yeah. So I guess we're, we're just not supposed to know. I interpreted the timeline of that completely wrong. I, you do. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank, thank you, chat. Yeah. I will go into the next episode having a better idea of what happened. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Okay, so Buddy Daddies this week was not as cute as usual because now this episode didn't make me cry like last week. It made me cry. So. It... <laughs> James, why did it make you cry? Um, I want to say it was... I got a screenshot of it, of the moment that made me cry. Okay. Um, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was, it was somewhere. Was it, um, was it, it where was he near, said, near 
near the end was it where he said he also has something he wants to protect no i saw that coming um okay. yeah i can't remember what it was um i'm sure it, it did make me cry because i thought to mm -hmm. myself good lord how the hell is this show making me cry every week what are you doing to me buddy daddies yeah mary was a cutie pie though she was mary was a cutie yep um this is a ray episode and it's all about ray gets called home which in this case home is the headquarters for the assassin 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 organization that they work with work for um his dad is the boss he's the evident heir but um he you know has been miserable his entire life until he found happiness with kazuki but now he's got to go back and confront his dad is this just a picture you picked of miri because she's making cool hand gestures well, I, I i i i i try to pull double duty right i try to find screenshots that'll be good for the socials and okay. screenshots that would be useful for the recap and so <laughs> there are several shots in here that are just sexy shots of ray uh -huh. and there are several shots that are just adorable shots of miri here's one um, that we can only tweet on the 10th of august yeah <laughs> but you know for our for our birthday things so yes so yeah never yeah so yeah, if I didn't make it evident, whenever Ray is in his murder suit, that means he's extra hot because he's got his hair pulled back. Um, I didn't. Up nice. Yeah, he does clean up nice. Um, I enjoyed the conversation Miri had with Kazuki about Ray's dad in grandpa terms. Ray Papa and, no Papa. <laughs> yeah, Ray Papa no Papa. Yeah, and also that that. Um, <laughs> Their teacher isn't good at, at singing, I guess. She isn't good sure. at singing or music. Like, she's been kind of the perfect daycare lady this entire time. And now we know that whenever it's sing-along time, it terrifies all the children. But um, Ray's dad is, is he's horrible. Yep. And obviously, a patriarchal son of a bitch is what I called him in my review. Um, because that's, that's all he cares about is lineage and continuing the bloodline. the bloodline and tradition and he doesn't allow his own son to call him dad he has to call him boss which is gross um just you know having very sad yeah making race sad now we know why he's a little sad gamer boys dad never hugged him we have no I'd be a sad gamer boy if i was him yeah i would too you know he's better adjusted than i would expect most people in his situation um, we don't know anything about his mom, to my knowledge. Um, here's the here's Ray's Kaiji er era from yeah. when he's yeah. just like emaciated and does not <laughs> shave and is probably drinking soda out of a out of a glass with a sippy straw. And so, uh, um, in, in the chat, LFR says that the gay subtext is strong today. And oh boy, yeah, uh, Kazuki oh, yeah. is the ideal wife. <laughs> I think he's he's truly the best wife he is this, in this anime <laughs> he is yeah he's perfect perfect house husband he's doing arts and crafts with miri so that they can decorate the condo for ray's birthday he's not even aware that it's his birthday they also have a giant party hat that's okay but she's four so that hat <laughs> should be big on her it does have and it has the little, tiny little poof on top like i like yeah like i asked so yeah. Um, <laughs> Miri still has really good faces. Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, they they want 
Ray to to abandon his his family and take up assassinating full time, and they're going to test him specifically by having him murder a former teacher who's betrayed the company by I don't know getting a girlfriend. Yeah, leaving. I mean, leaving. I think it's exactly what Q said. Is yeah. That if you if you try to live a normal life and leave the biz, uh, you'll just get horribly murdered. So don't do that. Yeah. But this guy comes back. This this dude whose name I still don't know. I just call him Anton. I had to look it up and I think it's Ro. Um okay. Ro Ogino, I think is his last name. He um is terrifying, but not yeah, just in how like blatantly psychopathic he is. So you can tell like he cares about uh no one. Don't worry, I didn't get a screenshot of the the murdered corpse of this poor woman. Yeah, um, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he goes over that whole thing with Ray, like like that's normal car conversation. Like, hey, so you're the heir to the murder company. Just wanted to let you know that I totally like axed this guy's girlfriend, and then yeah. I wrote down her last words because it gets me off in my tiny little murder journal. And hey, yeah. when you go kill this guy, can you make sure to tell me the last thing he says? Because I'd like to also write that down right next to her in my creepy little murder journal. And it's just like, I mean. I guess if you go into assassinating as a business, like there's only so many personality types to be suited for that. I honestly was thinking that if there's anything about this show that suspends disbelief, mm -hmm. it's that Kazuki is like a generally well-adjusted and decent person for yeah. someone that, that murders people for a living. Yeah. Um, like he doesn't really seem to have any hangups about that part of the job. Ray seems more broken up about the killing than Kazuki does. Yeah. Um, this guy, this I, I know I joke about Anton Chigur, but this guy, this whole scene gave me like huge Coen Brothers vibes, just like yeah. casual, like oh yeah, you know, um, I collect last words, so you know when you kill this guy, just make sure to write him down for me, okay? It's like this. <laughs> I'm also kind of want to go back and watch this episode to see if we ever see this guy blink, because he has like this look on his face all the time of just like intense staring, mm -hmm. and I keep expecting him to blink like a lizard would, or like. It's like sideways. Or like or one something. at a time. Yeah, yeah, something weird like that. Uh, about Kazuki being well-adjusted, I think, did we see him, have we seen him shoot anyone? Because I've started to wonder if he's more like the uh, infiltration and setup guy, and then he does that for Ray, and then Ray's the trigger puller. You know, that's a good, I, I you know, I, for some reason, I thought I remembered him taking shots in that first episode. When he was the, dressed as Santa. But now you mention it. I don't actually know. I mean, he, he shot at the dude that he unsuccessfully shot at the guy that blow, blew up his wife. His wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that I think he, he fired a gun in that scene too. Yeah. Um, yeah. LFR yeah, says he's he like tried during that flashback where Yuzu died. So maybe the only time he was pulling the trigger, it wasn't successful. Um, this is just yeah. Miri being uh, much older than her age. Men are such a mystery. <laughs> but yeah, so it ends up coming Even down the, to the a... that she lives with. It's true. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, and then it comes down to Ray getting into a knife fight on a roof. And, uh, you know, he's able to pull ahead a of knife it. knife and a karambit. This, guy, this guy's not messing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a weird, like, curvy, like, short blade, right? Is that what that's called? A karambit? Yeah, 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 the, yeah, from um, 
uh, I just forgot the name of the martial art, but um, like in, in the raid, right? Um, okay. Uh, that's the kind of knives that they use all the time. They're like, there's, they're supposed to mimic like tiger claw. Oh, okay. So, or, or a dinosaur. They look pain. Like into raptors, right? Painful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, uh, you know what? Uh, uh, Freaking uh, Neil from uh, Jurassic Park. That would be his, yeah. be his weapon of choice. Sam Neil. He was in a fighting game, right? Yeah. Um, I was also while yeah. you'd only use it against annoying children. <laughs> People who, who call raptors turkeys. Yeah. When it comes to yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this final fight, too, uh, Ray doesn't technically kill him. I mean, he kind of kind of does, but he 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 falls. And of course, our Okino doesn't get the it's satisfaction. A Disney death. He gets the Disney villain death. Yeah, he gets the Disney villain death. The um, Gaston and Scar and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we're almost to the end here, James. What part made you cry? It was this. It was this exact line. It was the birthday? And, and that she wanted to make you happy. And then Ray smiles. Ah. Oh. She sings happy birthday to him. She's drunk. She does the drunk toddler thing. Yeah, yeah. And then we so get that sleepy. little smile. Because yeah. uh, he forgot his own birthday. But they didn't. Now, is this the first time we've seen him smile? in the show i didn't think so but i don't think so because i think he i'd have to go back and check but i wouldn't be surprised if he smiled when he found his morio kart mascots yes. at that cheap store and got to buy them yeah he did yeah <laughs> yeah but of course the episode closes and it's pretty much set up the fact that ray's dad has put a hit on kazuki and miri because he wants to free his son up from his emotional attachments so so now Papa uh, uh, Papa Reno Papa has to die. <laughs> they're they're going to have to they're going to have to shut down the whole thing. I know that they've been setting this up like it's going to be a face off with Ogino um, employed by uh, Ray's dad to kill Kazuki and Miri. Do you think Kazuki and Miri will get kidnapped or just Miri and they'll both have to save her? Which one? Uh, probably the latter. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be the like the the season finale is going to be it's going to take a sharp right turn into like dramatic you know action heavy and it's going to be like a john wick style like kill every hitman um, yeah scenario although yeah. i'm just i'm still uh we talked about this a couple weeks ago i think i'm just i know that realistically uh miri needs to get out of that apartment and into the arms of someone that does not murder for a living i know yeah. that i recognize yeah. that yeah. On an intellectual level, uh, on an emotional, on a truer level, uh, if if she ever leaves her two dads at all, I yeah. will I will revolt and I will declare this uh, zero out of ten uh, ML score. <laughs> so I just want them to know that you're gonna review I, bomb yeah. it on on Emmett, yeah on Mal oh, yeah. if, uh, if she leaves her her two dads. I, I'll straight up I will make a video essay. And I will I will spend four and a half hours <laughs> detailing the problematic uh neoliberal um anti-progressive uh uh what's it um but also Need another somehow, buzzword also somehow SJW um <laughs> NFT shilling Elon Musk standing James how <laughs> 
I don't even know, but whatever, whatever I need to do. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. prepared to do it. I to will get be all the, the views. Ray. Yeah. I'll be the Ray to this show's random uh, target of assassination. I mean, it's I possible they could get like a heads up about this hit and they, they have at least maybe temporarily Mary's mom comes back from the picture to safeguard her while they take out the organization or something. And then, you know, Q's going to tell them he's yeah. He's going to tell him, right? Yeah. 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 He's a good guy, yeah. despite, you know, his job. Yeah. Man, because I, I feel like part of me is like, oh, Miri will get kidnapped and then Kazuki and then we'll have to save her. But the other part of me is like, Ogino would just kill her. He wouldn't hold her hostage because that's what he did with the other guy's wife, right? Like, um, the, the yeah. former teacher thought he was doing some kind of trade off to get his his wife or, or girlfriend or whatever back. And then as soon as Ray shows up, he's like, Oh, you guys have already killed her. Yeah. So I don't know that if Miri was captured by Ogino, that he would actually hold her hostage. So well, part of me wonders if they'll avoid that. Maybe Ogino wouldn't kill Miri because she wouldn't have any, like she's too young to have like any interesting last words, you know, like, <laughs> She doesn't understand mortality enough to like to to satisfy his need to like capture the the dying essence of someone. And so yeah. maybe he maybe he wouldn't like want to kill her because you wouldn't get anything out of it. I that's hope. possible. That's that's also possible. I mean, they've already encountered once, and it was the creepiest thing because he like picked <laughs> her up like a cat, right? Yeah, and then set her back down, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I ran into you," and. That was it. I was like, oh God, he's gonna eat her or something. Like his mouth is just gonna unhinge from his jaw, like some he's sort secretly of... gluttony from full metal alchemist. <laughs> some sort gonna... of terrifying snake man, and he's just gonna oh. swallow her whole and then writhe away. They should let me write anime. Quanti um, five says that her last words would be like, I need to pee. <laughs> yeah, it would be, be something like, like, oh, we can't have it be that. Like we need to. Maybe it'll be like a full scale. Everyone will get in on it. Uh, that that little boy she made friends with will will run like counter interference, and Anna will show up and play really. She'll show up with like a block. No, she just have a gun. She'll be like, "No, I'm gonna kill these. I'm gonna kill these guys too. It's one of my students. Like, come on." I was gonna say she like does uh, plays really bad loud music as sort of a uh, psychological warfare tactic, but she breaks we can give her a block. Spiel. She's like, "I'm." The Glockenspiel? <laughs> the Glockenspiel? Yeah. Yeah. Jackie, you're missing out. You're missing out. This also probably would be the perfect place for a Gungrave reference. You could have told us what Brandon Gungrave would have done in this. Or there's like a Gungrave villain named like Samus Glockenspiel. <laughs> that actually like... sounds more like Trigun. What was the villain that we talked about? That Oh, the Jazz one? What's his name? I forgot. Horn Freak. <laughs> it's never not good um yeah i feel like speaking back on on trigun a little bit are we still thinking this is going to be a single season because At i have point, not I seen mid valley of the horn freak yet and i'm kind of really upset about that it is a crime mm -hmm. um granted this could be one of those instances where like in like the last two episodes they just start tossing uh, what are they called? The gung ho guns. They just start tossing yeah. gung ho guns left and right, and Vash yeah. has to reluctantly uh, murder them. 
or whatever he does. We also haven't, I mean, I feel like they introduced Legato pretty strong with his psycho psychic abilities. And I don't know that that's fully lived up to its potential yet either. Like, Oh no, there's definitely, I feel like I am starting at the pace it's been going. I, I do kind of feel like they're shooting for a, just one core, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like the last couple episodes based off of the little like bursts of action we've got where you can tell they're kind of flexing their muscles and they're trying out new techniques. I feel like we're in for like maybe 30 straight minutes of just nonstop yeah. uh, gung-ho action. I hope so. Yeah. I just, uh, there were so many interesting characters in the original that we haven't gotten like to really see. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll leave it open for a season two. Yeah. Try to do like that. Oh, if, you know, if this is our only season, then it'll get like a a decent enough ending. And then. If they do go, if they do go for a season two, I would expect it to be quite a ways out still because they are working on the final season of Beastars. Too, and that's going to be that... double length to my knowledge. That's yeah. going to be yeah, 24. So I, wouldn't, I, think. I wouldn't expect I mean I guess I don't know how many people Orange employs but I, I wouldn't expect it to happen until um, after that. They could be working on it but I wouldn't expect it to premiere until after the last uh, season of Beastars. No, they're not um, Mappa. They can't just they can't just pop out eight shows a season, <laughs> right? Uh, Mr. A says Youth Minister Legato needs to get in a fight with some people soon. Yeah, he needs to just start throwing people through the air and like mentally like crushing them like trash paper to throw in the bin and all kinds of wild stuff. I'd like to see that. Meanwhile, Wolf is um, over here like, no, he doesn't need to though. Like, he could not do that. I'd be fine. I'd be okay. <laughs> be okay. Um, reminder: Did uh, Wolfwood's friend slash little brother character was he dead by the end of? No, no. Legato, they, they went back for his body, and he was like, "Oh, right. he'll still be useful." So maybe okay. he's dead, and they just like turn him into a hideous puppet corpse thing. I don't know. There's so many possibilities. Yeah, he'll be around. Uh, yeah. All right, I think that about does it for this week. Um, thanks for going down memory lane about milo and otis with me <laughs> and you know we uh, checked in on buddy daddies and trigun and we're going to be closing out this season here pretty soon already spring looks insane james Yay. have you looked at the spring season at all no i try to uh, i try to um to pretend that the next season of anime isn't going to happen for as long as possible not because i don't love anime but because you know yeah it can be a, a lot to dig into, but honestly, I never thought I'd say this. Um, after this season, which has felt kind of quiet and not super exciting, yeah, um, I I I wouldn't mind, you know, a, a little bit of overflow. Yeah, um, uh, Hell's Paradise is going to premiere yeah. in April. That's going to look good. Ancient Mag- Magus Bride season two is premiering in April, up. which I'm super. Uh, stoked about that there's actually a lot of um rom-coms that look halfway decent too like skip to my loafer and or maybe it's just skip and loafer skip to my loafer would be cuter though so they should use that title um that one uh the one about i don't want to call him the school shooter that's not nice the, the, the date super... my heart yeah that's is that next season mm-hmm. yeah okay. Okay. yeah 
yeah um yeah there's a lot of good stuff lined up for next season and of course we'll we should probably talk about uh attack on titan the final season part three part one part one uh yeah next week because that's premiering on the third of march so that's that's coming right up yeah how how is it already march i don't know okay do your worst anime don't do your worst yeah don't do marshall's next season too so that's you know the one about the buff guy going to hogwarts yeah yeah that looks cute and passing better than real hogwarts at this point yeah yeah (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you again at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Has it always been 9 p.m. Eastern? Yeah. Why does that sound weird? Like later than what I, I don't know. Anyway, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. Uh, We'll be back. And thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.